It's good to see everybody. Open your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Lord, you're so good to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these faithful people. Lord, thank you for the time that we get to spend together now. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and that from verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That's what we are to continue in, verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. It's much easier to continue in something that you really know. If you don't know it very well, you can't continue in it very well. I mentioned whether it was a quarterback and a wide receiver or the drills that I did playing table tennis or whatever it is, if you are very familiar with it, if you know the playbook backward and forward, you're just going to do better. That's what it comes down to. And continuing is much easier when you really know what the Bible says that you are to do. And for us, that's the Holy Scriptures. We are to know the Holy Scriptures. So this morning, we said that we need to continue believing the gospel is inextricably linked to the Holy Scriptures. We need to continue believing that children can know the Holy Scriptures. Number three, that we need to continue believing that the Scriptures teach salvation is through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Number four, continue believing that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Number five, continue believing that it is the Scriptures that cause people to grow in doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. And tonight, we need to continue believing that the Scriptures require study. The Scriptures require study. Second Timothy gives us everything. First and Second Timothy give us everything that we are to continue in. But Second Timothy especially, look at Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Do you, does anybody know this verse? Any of you young people? Any of you know this? Can we say it all together? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It just takes study. It takes study. And one of the things that happens with me is because I do question and answer all the time, I find things that I have forgotten. Somebody asks a question and I don't, I don't remember. And I've been through the Bible so many times. I've studied it for really all of my life. And yet, there's stuff that falls through the cracks. So not only do I need to continue to grow in my learning, I need to relearn the things that I've heard before. Now, it's, so this message, how many of you are pretty familiar with the verses that we studied this morning? You're pretty familiar with them. But let's be honest, how many of you, something that came out in the message this morning was something that you personally needed to be reminded of? See, I haven't said this to you in a long time, but when I was in sales, I worked for a home improvement company selling replacement windows. And this particular company... This guy, he had really um, honed in on how to hire salesmen that are worth having. So you had to, average outside salesman closes about 10% of his leads. You had to close 40% of your leads to stay employed. So it was a tough place to be. You really had to do a good job. And we had about a two and a half hour presentation we would do on selling windows. And you're thinking, how could you talk about windows for two and a half hours? We did. 
And every Friday, someone would do the whole two and a half hour presentation for every salesman that was there. Every salesman that worked there had to sit through that presentation. And you would think, come on, I've heard this a thousand times. I'm bored with it. And I had heard it a thousand times and I was bored with it. And almost every week there was something that I had forgotten the previous week to do. So how was it that you, that they had such high production from their salesmen? Because they studied. They worked at it. They continued the training. They had higher requirements. So you had to do all of those things. Well, how many of you think maybe what we're doing is more important than Windows? Study. We have to study. And now, of course, I do know that this is a pastoral epistle. This is written to Timothy, his son in the faith. He became the pastor of the church at Ephesus. He was martyred there. And that, at least that's what we're told. So I, I understand that. So this really is my job. It is my job to study and I'm very thankful for the way that we have structured Grace Baptist to where the work of the ministry is done by the people at Grace Baptist. Amen? So that I have the time to study. And of course, it's my job, and I had better continue doing that. When you come to church, I had better have something prepared. Right? When I did question and answer for the young people, um, which one of you was it that asked me how often I wing it? Was it you? It was, so it was, it was what's your name? Corey. So Corey asked me, how often do I just wing it when I preach? And I told him, I've been doing this long enough. I could probably wing it for about a year. And you might not notice. You might not notice. But how many of you have been in a church where you could tell the pastor had been winging it for a while? Hear the same thing over and over and over again. There are pastors that are in their early 60s and they're retiring because they've run out of things to say. Well, the only way you could run out of something to say is if this got taken away from you. Amen? You stop studying and you stop preparing, you stop growing. Well, what about the rest of us? You know, there are people that used to teach a Sunday school class, and so you had to be prepared, and now you don't teach a Sunday school class anymore, and so you might not be preparing in the same way that you used to when you were teaching. Now listen, I'm not saying everybody has to teach a Sunday school class until they die. That's not the point. My point is don't stop studying the Bible. Keep it fresh. Keep learning. Find that new thing. And have a Christian friend that you can share those new things that you find. Laura, I can't tell you how many times I've been reading something. I get all excited. She's in her office working, trying to get work done. I walk in. She's cross-eyed from doing, you know, finances or whatever. And I'm reading something from, you know... Spurgeon. And she just looks at me and I had, but I had to tell somebody what I had just learned. It's a really exciting thing. When's the last time you found something in the Bible that you were so excited about you had to call somebody and tell them? Now listen, if that hasn't happened recently, it's not the Bible's fault, right? We need to study. Continue believing that the Holy Scriptures require study. I wrote this down. I'm not done yet. Keep stretching. Keep learning. Keep growing in the Word of God. Number six, continue believing. I'm sorry, number seven. Continue believing that the Holy Scriptures require right division. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. How many of you know that verse? 
All right? I want you to see that it requires right division to understand what Paul is saying in 2 Timothy. So let's look at a couple of things. This is pretty fun. Look with me at chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. The end of verse 8, according to the power of God, afflictions of the gospel, partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God. And so look at what it says in verse 9. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So everything that we have before the world began, God ordained that that would be true of anyone that is in Christ. But no one got in Christ until Pentecost. Remember? You have the, the Holy Spirit, which... So hold your place here. Go to John chapter 14. Verse 17, verse 16, John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The body of Christ, the church, did not begin until the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the indwelling, baptizing Holy Spirit. So in order to understand even 2 Timothy chapter 1, you have to understand right division. When did that begin? Look, so we're back in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 10. But is now made manifest, see that time word, but is now, do you see that in 2 Timothy 1.10? But is now, now listen, you all came to church tonight. I want you to get something out of this tonight. Some of you are here because you're just good, faithful people. You're tired, got a lot of stuff in your mind. Young people are only here because there's a party. Stinking degenerates right here. That's, I want you guys to get something from this. This is so fun. When you see how right division is required for this, this you're going to leave here having grown. That's what the Bible does for us. So let's look how this right division helps us. Verse 10, but is now made manifest. So made manifest, made plain. We can understand it by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So he appeared, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas, and then he died on the cross and defeated death. And now we have life and immortality that's been brought to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. What's it say? Of the Gentiles. Now, I'm not going to make you turn there. We've looked at it many times. Do you remember Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, where Jesus sends his disciples out? And he says, hey, don't go into the way of the Gentiles. Don't go into the way of the Samaritans. But only go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, now this is a different message because you have to rightly divide the word of truth. 
Now Paul has been specially called for the Gentiles. Look at verse 11. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Verse 12. Just a little bit more right division there. Do we have apostles now? No, right division. The apostles ended with the apostles. Jesus commended the church at Ephesus. Oh, wait a minute. Who was the pastor of the church at Ephesus? Timothy. Timothy. He commends that church because they have tried them, would say they're apostles and are not, and has found them liars. There, there are no longer apostles. Verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against what? Huh. Any right division required for that day? Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Right division. That wouldn't have been true in the Old Testament. It's true now in the New Testament. So right division is required in chapter 1. Look at chapter 2. In verse 7, consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. When we understand the writing of the Apostle Paul, writings of the Apostle Paul, we understand everything that came before. You can't understand what came before without the writing of the Apostle Paul. That requires right division. Look at verse 8, chapter 2 and verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to what? My gospel. My gospel. That's a different gospel than what the, the disciples were preaching before the death, burial, and resurrection. What gospel were they preaching? The Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. Repent from unbelief, from your unbelief. Repent. Trust in the Messiah. Repent. Trust in the Messiah. Now the message is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And why could Paul say this was my gospel? Why did he say it's my gospel? Hold your place here. Go to Galatians chapter 1. Verse 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that we, we have, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As I said, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, and that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Look at what he says. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. The, the gospel the Apostle Paul preaches wasn't taught to him by the other apostles. Jesus Christ himself appeared to the Apostle Paul and taught him these things. That's a pretty significant dispensational shift right there, people. So when Paul says, by my gospel, we have to have right division. We have to understand that we have to rightly divide that because that is a distinct gospel from what was taught before the beginning of the church age and what will be taught after we are taken out at the rapture. The message during the tribulation period will be a different message than that. Why? Because that time's over. 
That time is over. Look at chapter 2 and verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. We shall also, when are we going to reign with him? So this is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. When are we going to reign with him? In that day. During that thousand-year reign of Christ. To understand that, we must understand right division. Chapter 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The last days, that means that there is an end of time. We understand that through right division. So, continue believing that the Holy Scriptures require right division. Number eight, continue believing that the Holy Scriptures need to be preached. They need to be preached. Look at chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Is there any right division necessary in chapter 4 and verse 1? Judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Folks, preaching is still necessary. And you guys being here on a Sunday night in the middle of Christmas season with a bunch of other things going on, you guys obviously recognize the importance of preaching. I don't need to tell you that. But I'm going to get very selfish right here. Pray for your preacher that I can maintain my passion for preaching, my desire to communicate the Word of God, my desire to see your lights come on as I teach you something new. And because the time's going to come when men won't endure sound doctrine. I think maybe that time is here. But do you know what the blessing is? We're the largest church of this kind for quite a ways. You have to drive quite a ways to find what God is doing here. So do you know what that means? The time when men won't endure sound doctrine? It's not fully arrived. God's plan is still for us to preach sound doctrine. Amen? Just preach the word, preach the word, love people, invite people, disciple people, get people saved, baptize people. That's God's plan, and it's still working in Sydney, Ohio. Amen? It's still necessary, and it's still necessary for you to continue inviting people to come and hear the preaching of the word of God. I'm just telling you what a blessing it was to see Bill Oliver get baptized today. Andrea, that's an answer to prayer, isn't it? How long have y'all been praying for him? Since she was a teenager. And do you know what did that? It was the family staying plugged into church. Being faithful. Being faithful. And then they were excited about what God's doing here. The Olivers come. And he's, because of his religious background, he's not used to this kind of pulpit ministry. And he was interested in that. He enjoyed hearing, speaking from a preacher. And it's not a gym altar thing. It's That's what the foolishness of preaching does for people. And it, this, this is God's plan. And in these days, it's not always fast. It, do you realize how long ago it was that Andrea was a teenager? <laughs> this, it takes, these things can take time. Amen? 
Now, imagine if they had not stayed faithful during that time. Life hasn't always been easy. They've stayed faithful. God blesses that. How many of you have someone you've been praying for for a long time and you're, you're just praying, waiting for what we're talking about right here? Some of you have seen that happen, but some of you have yet to see it. If you don't stay plugged in, you won't get to see it. Be faithful. Preaching is important. Preaching is important for you. Preaching is important for me. Preaching is important for the people that have yet to hear the preaching. Preach the word. Then, continue believing that the Holy Scriptures are enough. Hold your place here. We're going to stay in 2 Timothy chapter 4, but I want you to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I preached this text, I don't know, it's got to be 20 years ago now. And for those that were here at that time, this has become, I don't know, this is part of our language at Grace Baptist. Dan knew often when he prays, prays this verse. So look at what it says, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. So Paul's prayer was that when the word of God is preached... That God will allow that word to do its job. So when Paul told Timothy, preach the word, that's what Paul had been doing. And he's asking the church at Thessalonica to pray that the word he preaches will have free course. That it will accomplish what it needs to. Verse 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. All right. So his prayer was the word of the Lord have free course and that he be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men, faithless men. Go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 9. Do thy diligence to come unto me. Paul's in prison. He's cold. He's tired. Do thy diligence, do thy diligence to come unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, now, these other guys, they were off doing ministry. But he's still alone. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. I love that because you remember the whole division with him and Barnabas over Barnabas' nephew, John Mark. And now he's, he has proven himself. And Paul says, bring him to me. Bring him to me. Verse 12, Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. It's interesting, Paul hadn't, he wasn't done studying. He wasn't done. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, the Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be led to, laid to their charge. Verse 17, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion." And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And ultimately, the way he preserved him for his heavenly kingdom was to have him beheaded. 
But notice what he said. The word, it went to the Gentiles by me. I was, I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. What happened? God answered the prayer of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. God answered that. Do you know what Paul is saying? For the ministry, the Bible is enough. Listen, I need my coat. I'm cold. I need my coat. I'd, I'd like the books, but especially the parchments. I, I, I want some company. I'm alone. It's just Luke. I would love to see Mark. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Isn't that a sad thing? But ultimately, for Paul, the scriptures were enough. Folks, we're trying to reach our loved ones. We're trying to reach our community. We have to believe that the Bible's enough. Now, methods are wonderful. I love the methods that our outreach team is employing. I pray that God will bless every one of those. But those are all worthless if we don't have an authority when they get here. Amen? We have to believe that the Bible's enough. Continue. Continue. Don't be discouraged. Don't be weary in well-doing. For we know that we shall reap if we faint not. God's word is powerful. God's word is true. And we're just going to keep preaching until God takes us out. Amen? Let's just keep growing and ministering together.